0: This episode is sponsored by Hoff and Pepper Sauce. Go to Hoffandpepper.com, a link in the description. Use promo code ARSHOW and get 15% off some hot sauce while you listen to this episode.
1: You are now listening to the best show in the universe, The Anthony Rogers Show. You probably wish that this was your show, but it's not. It's The Anthony Rogers Show.
0: Tell all of your friends to listen to this show. Today's episode, we talk to Jeremy Popoff of the band The Lit. You may recognize their hit song, My Own Worst Enemy. You probably hear it eight times a day on the radio. And here we go. Welcome back to the greatest show in the universe. Uh, today we have a huge guest, uh, Jeremy Popoff from the band Lit. How are you doing, man? What's up, brother? <laughs> it's good to... No problem, man, no problem. Um, you guys, were you guys in before everybody started saying Lit or do you think that happened because of your band? Like...
1: <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is we, ha- we named our band Lit for the same reason that it's, the, you know, the term today that it is. You know, we, um, we, someone had told us uh, in like the mid-90s, that they said something like, man, watching your band live is like watching a bomb go off in a building. And we like that, we're like lit, fuse, like, you know, it's like, you know, so I think that's what the word means now. But um, I don't know that we had a whole lot to do with it, but we did spend several years in the beginning explaining
0: why we named it that, you know? Now everybody gets it. Like you're like the founding fathers of the word and terminology.
1: <laughs> we were we were lit before lit was cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. You have a really interesting story though. Like, uh, I I feel like your band kind of did the same thing I did as like a person because like you, like when you guys were younger, you're doing a lot of like punk punk kind of stuff, and and like uh, and now you're like more into like country, which is interesting. And I feel like the older I get, the more I kind of get like that, and I I find that like an interesting transition for you guys.
1: Yeah, it, it kind of stemmed from right around the time that we put the our self-titled record out or we call it the black album um right around that time you know we, we had some some dark shit go down like in our life and i kind of came to nashville around that time to just to get out of my own head and to kind of explore some other you know territory and i really started to um I wanted to, to write country songs and I wanted to um, learn um, about country more. I mean, I grew up, my, you know, our dad was a radio DJ growing up. And when I was real little, he worked on a couple of country stations and then he was on um, a pop station and we were pretty much exposed to all genres, you know? So I had I have albums, I had Kenny Rogers albums and then Waylon Jennings albums and then Boston and ACDC and, um, kind of ran the gamut, but um, so I just fell in love with it, you know, so I started to come to Nashville all the time. I live here now, but um, back then I was coming like a week a month and I was just writing songs and learning, learning about, learning how to write country. And, and, um, and then years later um, and then AJ started coming out doing the same and then that last lit record that we put out was kind of a collection of songs that we had written that we were stoked on. We were like, man, we should, let's put these out. In retrospect, kind of wish we would have put those out as Pop-Off Brothers because, which is our new sort of altered ego side project thing for stuff like that. Because the new lit record that we're working on right now is gonna be much more old school lit sounding. It's much more like rock, hard rock, you know, um, more like what we were doing 20 years ago, you know, with, with, with a fresh twist to it. but. Yeah, I mean we we love it, man. We love country music. We love we love all kinds of music. I mean
0: no i love that i think uh, i think it takes a certain sense of like courage to kind of explore genres and stuff i think like uh, neil young did that kind of and some other people like like you know you only did like a 50s doo-wop album <laughs> like I, I think it was just like like you mean, know, it's just cool to experiment you never know what's gonna hit what's gonna stick and what people want And i think like as we get older we get away from like uh like certain like punk attitudes that, like, as i do anyway in my 30s i'm way more in the country than i ever would have admitted or thought in my childhood you know i never would have i was listening to music like you guys and stuff like that and like uh I mean, a, a wide variety of music, but you're one of the stuff my cowboy say, and then now, as I get older, I'm just like, I mean, way different, I feel like the same kind of thing I, I feel like you guys did as a band almost, as weird. yeah I mean the-
1: I think it's you know, as we all get a little older and we get um, I think a lot of the subject matter and a lot of the good, a lot of good country songs is is, um, is just real life stuff, and, it's, and and there's a little bit of uh, there's, there's a lack of that in rock and then there's also a lack of like guitars and and um so it's like so that you know we relate to a lot of a lot of songs instead of you know country songs and and um but so yeah we're trying to we'll see the new the new stuff is is i i it, there's nothing country about it but i think some of the country themes and sensibility of the of the storytelling part will probably leak in a little bit. So it'll be a nice,
0: um, I don't know, we're excited. we're excited about it. No, it's cool. Yeah, you do whatever you want. I mean, I, I, like, the, I like the aspect of being able to hop, John or Hop. I, lo- I love that concept of like a band, like being confident enough to pull it off. And like, you know I mean? I think it takes a lot of balls to do something like that. Um, did it hurt when a giant Pamela Anderson ate you guys? Was that painful at all?
1: It only hurt because we were, we were going on like zero sleep and we had to fly to Japan the next morning. So we were, you know, it was like a 24 hour video shoot. And she, she, spent, uh, I mean, she was a pro man. She, her, her scenes took like 14 hours to shoot and ours took all of two hours. And it was probably on our parts. It was probably five or six in the morning when, uh, by the time we got to our shit and then, um, and then there was like, i think it was access hollywood or entertainment tonight or something showed up and they were it was like this whole 24-hour craziness and then we literally went from the video shoot to the airport and flew to japan so it was kind of fucking crazy but it was awesome because it was uh you know that her doing that video really got the band and that song what a lot more attention than we would have normally got I mean, we were we were popping up on um late night, you know, entertainment tonight and Access Hollywood, those kind of shows where, you know, they'd come on at dinner time at people's houses, you know, and it was like, and it was about her, but we, we got the benefit of it. And um, so that was cool. It kind of, song did really well. The album, it gave the album like a whole extra year of life and we were able to tour for a whole other year. And so it was pretty great.
0: No, it's awesome. Like, you guys did some cool stuff. Like, um, what what is that like? Kind of just blowing up, like for somebody like myself or a listener who's never been in a rock band and never like kind of just had that. I mean, that that thing. I've never had the problem where I had to meet with Pamela Anderson and get to Japan. You know, like that's, like what, <laughs> like what uh, like what's that like for like a young man just like kind of blowing up and like accomplishing their dreams in music? Kind of like what's that? What's that feel like? I guess.
1: I mean, it's funny. My brother and I say say this a lot, but it, we wish that that we could go back and kind of soak it in a little bit more and and maybe take more pictures and take more video. It's, it's kind of like when it was happening, it was happening so fast and we were so busy that it was, you know, you just being, you know, multiple people tugging and pulling at you telling you where to be. Then, you know, cars just picking you up and taking you somewhere else. And then you got to fly here to do this. Do It was exhausting, but also everything that we had ever dreamed of. So we were, we uh and it was the four the four of us were longtime buddies and we we were living out the thing that we used to dream about and that we would sit around man you know one day we're gonna ride around on a tour bus and we're gonna like see the world and all those things and then to be doing it with your bros after all those years of of grinding it out you know it was 10 years we were we were just relentless you know before before the year of 99 happened so it it was uh um, you can't really explain it it's everything that you would imagine it would be and then some and it's also um it's also really you know it's a lot of work it's a lot it's exhausting you know
0: yeah I'd like i like chills for part of that like just like kind of vibe, just feeling your energy like talking about that I mean it's kind of, that's kind of interesting man I think that's like a thing not everybody gets to experience and like I I think it's a blessing, like hard work pays off like that. I mean, 10 years is like about what it takes to get entertainment, it seems like. I mean, you, ha- you have to put in your dues. Otherwise, I mean, you'll, you know what I mean? The people that don't give up like yourself and keep fighting through stuff. I mean, you guys started as like hard rock, didn't you originally?
1: Yeah, we were, I mean, when we were in high school, um, the Sunset Strip was huge, and it was the only place that had, you know, like the Roxy and the Troubadour and the and Gazzaris and the Whiskey. Um, those were the only all-ages clubs that um so for for a band in high school that was the only clubs that we could go <laughs> play that our friends could come see us and then um and it just so happened that it was during a time when the sunset strip was just absolutely on fire you know they were there was three four thousand people every friday every saturday night just on the sidewalk just walking up and down and that's where we learned you know guerrilla promotion and we kind of learned that was sort of like our, our college in a way. And, um, um, and we were just, we were a long hair, you know, rock and roll Sunset Strip band when we were in high school. um, (laughs) That's awesome. And and then we evolved from there. Yeah. Um, but,
0: um, yeah, a lot of my favorite bands kind of do similar thing like, uh, like early rock, like the doors, did. uh, they blew up with the whiskey too. I think like, uh, that was, like, their kind of thing. Like, uh, that was their venue, I think. Like, uh, like, a lot of those bands did this. I mean, you had, like, several waves. And I think not, the 99 wave was one of those giant rock waves. You had, like – I mean, you had Family Values Tour. You had – I mean, you had, like, a pop punk kind of blowing up. You had, like, rap rock kind of blowing up. You had a bunch of genres, like, just doing shit. And it was so awesome. Like, that kind of uh, – a I, like I, I haven't been excited in music for for a long time i think that was one of the one of the waves i felt excited about music and like it was the same thing to me as like grunge would have been or like the like the like the 60s like psychedelic kind of thing like just like really just go- a bunch of good music and rock stars were around apparently and I i'm, I'm wondering where they're at now but <laughs> like
1: i mean it was it was badass when we would we went from you know in 98 you know we went from buying records from these bands that a year later we were playing with on these like radio festivals and stuff and we were fans you know we and and it was it was like we would go and play you know play our show and then run backstage and shower and change our clothes and run back out in the audience to watch stone temple pilots or to watch Mm -hmm. you know hole or or the offspring or whatever and because we were there we were like "Fuck, this is crazy we have a dressing room full of booze and a (laughs) tour bus in the back but we get like all access passes to this fucking concert to see all these rad bands. And we were, we were, um, that was a trip. That was like a blast to all of a sudden become peers with bands that we had, you know, looked up to for so long. And, um, you know, that was, uh, that was fucking wild, you know? And there was, and the the lineups, you know, were so eclectic and huge. Um, You know, we would, we would play, you know, we'd be, you know, playing in Chicago with, like I said, STP and, and, um, uh, the offspring and blink 182. And, um, you know, we did the warp tour with Pennywise and Eminem and huh. Ice tea and, you know, Royal crown review. I mean, just like cool shit. That was, that was around. And, the, you know, we did, um, the weenie roast in Anaheim at, at, angel stadium, which, you know, we grew up in Anaheim and that was the baseball stadium. I mean, we didn't even know that was an option on the table. Um, to, to ever play there because they never really had concerts there but they did the k-rock thing there and it was like fucking black sabbath and ozzy headlined it you know and uh just wild you know just crazy crazy stuff like that but yeah
0: no that's awesome man that's uh, i couldn't imagine like uh scp is one probably one of my favorite bands i couldn't imagine playing a show with them that'd be has got to be like hum- that's got to be humbling and awesome at the same time it's like I just feel like certain people – I mean, you guys are in the same – it's weird. It's like I feel like you're just a rock star. I mean, a rock star. So, it it seems cool, like, at the first. But, like, I'm just hearing that without being in music, that's just crazy to me. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just, like it's, it's the concept that's just crazy. Like
1: It's it, – it. STP was fucking one of the best live bands I ever saw. And it was – Definitely. It was like watching like, – just such a great band. every – each member of that band – I mean, obviously, Scott Wyland is a fucking – You know legend but like all each member of that band is so fucking good and talented and watching them on stage was like and i remember saying to a couple of my guys you know halfway through the show i was like this band is like the fucking aerosmith of our generation you know and but and then we ended up at that show getting to hang out with them afterwards and, and talk to them and i ended up you know getting to know um Robert, the bass player, we him and I chatted for a couple years after that. We were we were talking about possibly going to the studio together and doing some stuff together, but um and the and the drummer Eric, you know, came out to my bar a couple times and we hung out, went to the NAM show together. Just you know, just wild shit like that. But um uh, yeah, they were fucking glad we got to see them when we did, you know.
0: No, that's crazy, man. Oh uh, what do you guys see yourself like going from now? Like uh, you're still I mean cr- clearly in a pan I mean I guess post-pandemic, I guess, because that's a dumb question right now is that nothing's open. But I feel like, <laughs> I, what do you see yourself going after all this madness or whatever is going on? Like, as a band more so.
1: I mean, we, we just signed a new record deal, and we actually right before this, before I was talking to you, we were on a, on a big group Zoom with all the new team at the new label. And we're pumped, and, and, and we actually are going to have an opportunity to, to you know, to, put a real record out and 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 go to radio and do all the shit you know um and like i said the new stuff we're working on is, is is you know is old school lit with a fresh you know twist to it and i think fans of what we were up to you know back in the day will be stoked and i think hopefully we'll we'll get some new ones too you know if we can get um we definitely have the opportunity in front of us again, which we're super grateful for. And then, uh, and then, yeah, we're gonna hit. We're gonna start playing again
0: as soon as the as soon as the light turns green. You know. Yeah, that's crazy yeah. to have lasted twenty years in music, man. That's like a industry with huge turnover, and I think I think you guys are. I mean, still playing. I mean, before like pre pandemic, I guess, but like huge huge shows and stuff. Still, I mean, you guys, uh, you guys kind of kept uh, kept with it for twenty years, and I and I think in America, there's a lot of like. Uh, there's a lot of people that, like they they try to like go off on nostalgia or try to go off on people that have been in it. They're like, oh well, like you got to be cool this week or something in America. But I think there's a lot of, a lot to be said about people that have longevity, can reinvent themselves, keep going, and I, and I respect like the tenacity in people like like yourself and like people that can stay in any industry in entertainment for 20 years. Like like, like most people can't even get into it. <laughs> like I mean, and then to, and then to last for as long as you guys have, and like and like just like stay humble and positive and not like crazy. I don't know. You just seem like a dude. Like like, like yeah, I, I bet this. I mean, you, just, you seem like a. I don't know how to describe it, but I said there's a lot to say about a band that can impact culture that long and stay in it for that long. It's like, it's, it's a good quality, I think, man. I mean, we're, yeah, we're
1: super, you know, we feel super fortunate that we were able to, you know, the, the, the real, um, the gift, if you will, that my own worst enemy has been to our lives because it's, you know, it's crazy that still to this day, that song gets played on the radio as many times a week as it did 20 years ago when it was the number one hit. And it's like somehow, like, you know, that song just is – it's like its own entity, you know? I mean, people know that song. They may not even know who the fuck Lit is, but they, they all know that song, and it continues to – you know, then all of a sudden Rock Band comes out, and now kids are learning it. Now kids are into it. <laughs> You know, you, you know, and it's like, um, or American Pie or whatever things that just kind of keep that song going. And then now it's on, you know, modern rock radio, but also like fucking classic rock. <laughs> All of a sudden we're <laughs> classic rock. And, um, but it's just, it's just, um, it's amazing that we we were able to be in the room when that song fell out of the sky. And then we got to claim ownership of it and fucking it's, it's really, um, it's been great to keep us, you know, in people's speakers for 20 years and and give us the opportunity to go out and, you know, in a normal year, we'll do 50 shows a year now where we, you know, we used to do 250, but we'll do 50. And that's like a good amount for us. We'll do like, you know, weekends here and there, and then we'll do maybe a month or six weeks in the summer. We got a UK tour that was, supposed to be next, supposed to be next month or supposed to be March. And it's getting postponed to March of uh, 22, but um, we're, yeah, we can't, we're, we're super pumped to get back out on the road. And and we, we, with the new label and the new team and, and everything, it feels like we've got some, like a second chance at doing some of the shit that we did 20 years ago. So I hope, man, like I said, when when my brother and I talk about it and we say we should have, taking a little bit more time, you know, to smell the roses and and, and take a moment to just kind of go, wow, look at this. I think if we get that shot again, we will definitely make sure we do that and soak it all up and really just enjoy it.
0: No, that's awesome, man. Like uh very honest and authentic, like answer. I like that. Um, but it was funny going to Nashville cause I actually saw record labels there cause like I, I thought the record industry completely collapsed. And I went to, when I went to Nashville, it was like RCA and Sony. And like, it was like, it was like it definitely interesting seeing that. Like I, I love the, you're in a good town for music. I mean, probably the best town in the in the world for music probably at this point.
1: Yeah, it really is. It's a, it's a, it's a hundred percent a music town. And it's all genres of music. Now all the, um, all the label people and agents and lawyers and, and just almost everybody in the music business has
0: come to Nashville now. Yeah. It was bizarre seeing that. Cause like, like, I remember after Napster, I was just like, Oh man, I'm I'm like, music's dead and like from my limited perspective of And then I I go to Nashville and I'm like, what? There's labels. Like what the, it was like, it was like awesome. It was like seeing like, like, I'm a, I'm a music nerd. I love seeing that. And like, um, it's just a, it's a crazy town i love that it's alive right now and i love that people are like still fighting through it no matter what you know it's like i, I think yeah. we're, we're back to monetization i think i think kids are buying music again so i mean we just had to ride you said ride that wave that 10-year wave or something <laughs> you had hella live shows though too so you, you had merch and stuff probably so it probably didn't hit you as hard as it hit other people you you blew up before that whole thing i think
1: well we were lucky to and still are lucky to have a song on terrestrial radio because that still pays. Um, the streaming stuff doesn't pay yet, which is a fucking total drag. Um, And the other drag too is that the record companies, you know, they're doing better than ever because they own the fucking streaming companies. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, it's like, they're the ones that should be protecting the artists that they, that they have signed to their, to their label. Their job is to get songs played on the radio and to sell actual physical records, or at least, Sell downloads, but then, then now they're they're making just enormous fucking profits from owning the companies. You know, like streaming does pay if you're the record company. It doesn't pay shit if you're the artist, which is fucked up. But
0: yeah, you have to pay to go on it. Like you have to pay to go on it, and then it doesn't pay you.
1: (laughs) It's it's wild, man. It's the wild west out there. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, as long as people are consuming music that however they get it you know it's like I don't really give a shit you know because it just for us we just want people to hear it and then hopefully they'll come out to the shows because that's always been the focus of our band and to you know we never we never sat around when we were in high school dreaming of the day where we could be in a recording studio I mean that's fun but like our in our minds the things that we dreamed about as kids was getting on going to another state or another country and playing in front of people. And, and, um, you know, I mean, when when I was nine years old, I used to fucking air guitar relentlessly to Iron Maiden and Judas Priest and, and, um, and, and just, you know, to do that on stage for real, (laughs) you know, is, is it was, it's like holy shit! This is what I dream- This is what I was dreaming about when I was a kid. We're fucking look at us, you know? It's Crazy. So, it's,
0: it's badass. Hard work pays off, man. You worked for it. You earned it, man. I think that's what uh, it, it comes to. Everybody that works for it, you know. I feel I'm fucking. Like. I'm
1: nervous about uh, when the light turns green, though, because it's almost. I was talking to. Uh, I was talking to my guys the other day. I was like fuck man this might be the longest we've ever gone without playing a show and it's gonna not only us but i mean i i'll venture to say that the first round of tours and shows next year or whenever it happens it's gonna be a lot of fucking sloppy mistakes being made <laughs> <And> <laughs> they're gonna be like they're gonna be a little bit fatter they're gonna be fucking sloppier and it's good it's gonna take us like a minute to go oh okay yeah fuck it's like
0: <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> no, that's real everybody's out of experience even, even the crowd man the crowds would be like the same way they're gonna be like they're gonna be out of shape too from sitting at home forever it's like it's a w- weird time and like weird time to be an entertainer I imagine even like uh how, how are you guys kind of coping with what's what's going on are you guys doing online stuff or like anything like I mean like what are you kind of doing <coughs> we
1: did um we did one live stream show we did we played the Brooklyn Bowl here in Nashville wow. we, and we live streamed that and that was cool, I, you know. I'm not really. Um, I'm kind of over. We did that one. We were kind of like, okay, we did it one and done kind of thing. It's uh, it's just, it's not. It doesn't feel cool, you know.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> Super honest. So uh, you know, we I think what's what's keeping us busy and and focused and positive is that you know we do have this new deal we do have these new songs that we're working on we're writing all the time and um you know in a weird way like as much as it, this thing sucks and this whole year has been you know a nightmare it's also kind of a blessing in disguise in the sense that we get this downtime to really work on the songs and really like gear up for when it when it when it, you know when they let us go back out we'll we'll have had um We'll have had that you know this downtime
0: to really prepare for that and um i think that is the silver lining i think the downtime and like like more time with friends and family and stuff i think that's that is a silver lining for right now like, as much as i can make complaints i think that being able like being less busy i'm so busy being like less busy i mean i'm not having to go places as much i mean i still do but not as much yeah
1: yeah yeah i mean and it's we can we we take advantage of it and we do spend a lot more time with you know spent more time with my kid in the last year than, than in a long time, you know, cause it's like the lockdown. So they, he would come out and stay, he's in college and he'd come out and stay for a few weeks. And it's like, man, I haven't spent a few weeks with my kid since, he was a few few weeks old, you know, because I was always gone. He you know, once they get to school, then it's like school, then sports, then you know, or school, then daycare, then sports, then this and that, and oh get ready for bed, and you know, it's like this whole day. And then just to fucking get to hang out with them for a month and a half, you know, was awesome. And um, you know, there there's definitely I mean you have to kind of you have to look at the silver lining. I, the the but it's also, you know. I'm also a business owner, I'm, and um, and I, and the lockdown stuff is just so devastating to to business owners that you know that's the part that it's hard to go like it's hard to celebrate get you know getting to spend time with your family and and to get time to write songs and then you're watching people just lose everything that they work for. Um, that's the that's the part that kind of keeps you from you know. It's like, yeah, this is cool. We'll 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 find the silver lining, but pretty please, hurry the fuck up because we got get back. People got to get back to work, you know.
0: Yeah, this I I can't even pretend any of this makes sense or is consistent or anything. But I was making the best of it like everybody else, you know. It's like it's like complaining about it just makes it fucking worse in my opinion. Until I mean, unless it's fixing it, unless complaints show results, but it's just like it's just an insane time. And yeah, I mean, God bless all the business owners, man. Like sixty percent of like independent business just collapsed like last year, basically, and probably like more this. I mean probably more of them are collapsing. It's just an insane time. I never thought I'd see this in my life. Like, it's like weird and crazy.
1: Yeah. Well, now they're talking about not to go off, not, not to go down the rabbit hole or go off, on but they're, you know, now they're trying to pass this fucking $15 minimum wage across the board. And you know, when somebody, when somebody does something like that, they just show that they have no business sense and no, common sense when it comes to business it, it, it's it's unsustainable and will absolutely put the nail in the coffin of half the businesses that survived the pandemic and um you know owning a restaurant with i own a bar restaurant in california had like 50 employees and california did the 15 dollar thing a few years ago but they raised it a dollar a year and the idea was it, it, it was going to go up a dollar a year till it hits 15. Well, you know, it started at like 11. And then when it went to 12, it was like, we had to, we had to fire a bunch of people because people don't realize that was with, with a small business, like that, like the profit margin, isn't that much, you know, um, the expense to run a business is fucking gnarly. And so let's say you're an independent business owner and you're pulling in You know if you're lucky maybe you're pulling in a couple hundred grand a year but it's a really fucking you know it it, it's it's costing millions to operate and millions might be generated but at the end of the day the take home is you know small and then you know what people don't realize is you look at 50 employees times a dollar an hour times all the hours that you're open especially if you're open till two in the morning um every time the minimum wage went up a dollar my bottom line it costed between payroll insurance and all the other shit that happens with that extra dollar. um, It was costing me like each year an additional $200,000 to operate. And at one point, you know, at some point, the number your take home number becomes zero. And then the take home number becomes negative because, you know, and, and uh, yeah, it's fucked. So I'm hoping, praying that they, figure that out and or at least when it comes to um, restaurants and bars and, and all that stuff that they'll because in California, it was it was the minimum wage was the minimum wage whether you were getting tips or not. Yeah. Where, you know, a lot of states have tip you know, adjusted minimum wage. So in here in Nashville, for instance, if you're a bartender on, on Broadway, you're getting like three something an hour, you know, to cover the, stuff you got to pay into and then you're making tips and that's why you have that job. And some guys, you know, there's bartenders making 60, 70 grand a year, you know, on tips. And, and, um, but yeah, I'm sorry. I went down that rabbit hole. I said, I no,
0: wasn't. I agree with everything you just said. I'm, I'm, I'm from Missouri, man. I, I agree with everything you said. I, uh, Uh, And and it's it's weird because like uh, there's no consistency either like uh, like they'll like like you'll have social media delete somebody like for example the United States a president they'll delete a president right and then they be like well businesses could do whatever they want to do except for operate outside the times we say uh, like except for like the wage we have them pay it's like it's like like there's just no there's no consistency like they're they're it's just like it doesn't make any sense to me it's like they're they're so pro um, business rights when it comes to getting rid of free speech. But then anything else, it's like no, no, no. You gotta pay in this way. You got you can't open past eleven. You can't have more than twenty five percent in here. It's just like, like I, I just see no consistency in any laws or rules, and they change daily. And they're almost on purpose to bankrupt us. <laughs> like, it, it almost seems like on purpose. Like it just seems like unless you're unless these people are that big of fools, and I, and and I and I'm I'm I didn't realize how dumb they were. Like I really think it's on purpose. <laughs> like it just it just seems like it.
1: It does feel it does feel like that at times. It does feel like there's a like a concerted effort to attack business. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it's scary to think that when you, you know, when you drive down the street and you see mom and pop, small businesses, small shops closed, and then you go into Walmart and there's fucking 400 people in there. And, um, you know, and, and Home Depot and Costco and all these big, you know, huge companies. It's like, and I was on a flight a couple days ago coming back from um, from Austin, back to Nashville. Fucking, pl- the flight was sold the fuck out. Um, you know, before we got on the plane, we went up to the bar and I, I got a Bloody Mary and my wife got a, you know, glass of wine and we're sitting there and there's fucking, we're sitting at the bar. There's a plexiglass on one side, plexiglass on the other nobody's sitting up there. It's like socially distanced to like a ridiculous level. And then we get on a plane and there's literally some fucker sitting on my lap practically.
0: Yeah. And, um, recycled so, yeah. air, like recycled air in every building. Yeah. It's like, it, it, it's, doesn't,
1: it doesn't make sense. And it is, yeah, you're right. It's very inconsistent. Uh,
0: yeah. I would just, uh, I would just like the wise to be more entertaining and more consistent. I'm not sure which, but I, I, would, I would like it to be, I went to waffle house and like half the seats are empty. And like, but like, there's a wait for 30 minutes. And I'm, I'm just, I'm just like, well, only if only you guys built other seats and had other seats. Like it's like, it's like covered in tape. I'm just like, I'm like, we're breathing recycled air. Are you kidding me? Like none of this makes any sense. Like it's just, like we're in the same building yeah. re- breathing the same air. I'm probably breathing air from 1978 in a waffle house. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's just yeah. like, it's, like it's the same I feel like that's another tangent Uh, we could talk for nine more hours I feel like but I I like uh do you want you have any promo you want uh like any kind of like links people should follow you on or look up any kind of tracks that you're working on or any kind of any any kind of promo you throw out there before we go
1: yeah I mean I'm on um you know the usual stuff it's just my name at Jeremy Popoff and then um I just got on the clubhouse one so I'm curious to see how that how that shakes out um the, the band is lit band official and yeah um we're gonna be we're gonna be hopefully putting out new music uh, in the spring, and um, and and hitting a stage somewhere. We are playing a show in Lake Havasu, Arizona. Um, we're doing a, a a show on the the stage is in the water, and then people pull up on their boats and they watch the show from their boats.
0: Oh, that's it'll, dope.
1: It'll be yeah, it'll be cool, man. That's that's in. Uh, that's in March. I think it's uh, March or April. I don't know, but that's coming up. So, yeah, just check in check in on the uh, band official or Jeremy Popoff, and we'll keep everybody posted.
0: Awesome, man. Congrats on your success, and I wish you continued success, and thanks for taking the time to talk to me on here, man.
1: Hey, my pleasure, brother. Anytime.
0: Keep it-